0: hey what's up what's up everybody it's your boy slizzy coming to you with another state of the new york knicks podcast got my guy co-host in the building mr mitchell how you doing brother
1: yeah doing good down here bro doing good down here um yeah i think down this way uh the covid starting to disappear because we're starting to open things up a bit more and uh pubs and clubs and all that starting to open up so we're starting to slowly get some normalcy back in the world
0: (laughs) Uh, well ain't shit normal in america right now no Um, No. (laughs) well we got we got a lot to discuss on this part because we actually haven't had a conversation in a couple parts so it is definitely a lot to discuss right now. So, what, what, where, where, where can we start? Oh my God, it's just so much. Um, I guess we <laughs> could start off with with the with the whole George Floyd thing in the in the Black Lives Matter and things of that nature. Um, on my end, as an African American black man whose father is from Ghana, which is located in Africa. And my grandmother's from Accra, Ghana as well. Um, You kind of get tired of seeing unarmed black men being shot on a daily basis. And this is the first time, and I'm 30 years old, so this is the first time where you're seeing the younger generation of all colors come together, for a, probable, for a cause for change. And I'm happy about it, but it does affect the NBA because now you got guys like Kyrie Irving. He's saying he doesn't know if he wants to start playing basketball again because he doesn't want the focus to be off of the movement. What, what As I, I know you probably um never seen it, Oh no, that's the wrong way of saying it. I know you've seen it before in your lifetime, racism where where you live at in Australia. And I know I've seen it before. Um mainly the police is being painted as an evil person right now. Not all police are bad. Um but it's it's crazy how everything is just going down right now. And for me, bro, I, I'm just feeling like I don't even think the NBA should come back. And, that, and it's crazy for me to say this, brother, but I don't think it's the time, man. I, I, but how are you feeling, man? I, I just don't think it's the time right now, personally.
1: Yeah, well, um, I, I, I agree fully with this. Um, it's not a time for really any of these sports to come back, whether that's the NBA, the MLB. Um, even, even to an extent, in the NFL, which is still a couple of months away from starting, um, you know this 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 movement, the, this noise that's being made right now. I think it needs to continue. I think it needs to get louder. Um, you know, um, I, I've, I've talked to um, a few people, even in my family, um, that that are of the black of skin color. Um, of course, as you know, my, my dad himself, God bless his soul, he's not here anymore, but he, he was half African-American, half um, New Zealand Maori, right? So he he's yeah. black on both sides of the family there. Um, and, uh, you know, out here, um, I don't know if it made the news over there, but, um, yeah, the, the Aboriginal uh, there was an Aboriginal teenager, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, died in police custody after getting brutally bashed by the police out here. Um, You know, it it doesn't matter anywhere in the world, whether it's in America, Australia, New Zealand, England, uh, there's black nationalities in every country and everywhere they get treated very poorly. uh, They get treated differently. Um, And and I agree with you. Look, not all, all all the police are bad. You got good and you got bad. Um, It doesn't matter in in everything. Um, I, I think it's absolutely appalling that uh, the, that the police officer that, that, that killed George Floyd uh, got released on bail. I mean, he shouldn't even have bail. Um, he, he should be sitting in a prison cell. Body. He shouldn't, shouldn't have a chance to be breathing the same air as everybody else because, you know, uh, it, 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 as a cop or even, even an army, even in the army, I, I don't know, and I've been talking to a lot of people about this. I don't know um, who, in their right mind, trains an officer or an army person to put their their weight and and their knee, so full weight on a person's neck, which is one of the most fragile uh, places on a person's body, is, is a person's neck. Um, you know, out here, for example, in Australia, I know the police uh, they're, they're taught if they have to restrain someone, if someone's not is resisting arrest, is is you know playing up, that they're allowed to put their knee um, not fir- not not with full weight but firmly in the middle of their back to so the other officers can, uh, you know, get their arms and, and handcuff them. Never are they ever taught to put their knee on someone's neck because, for starters, apart from that the longer you sit on someone's neck like that with all that body weight, they're going to suffocate um, you could easily break their neck uh, with with all that weight on their neck. As as, as I said, it, it's it's one of those uh, points on a person's body that um, you know it, it can be easily affected. Um, and I I just thought that, that you know um, the fact that he's been released, the fact that when it happened and there was another officer or another two officers around, that they just stood there like they didn't even do anything and say, "Hey, no, 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 you you can't do that. You, that's not how." you're supposed to, um, you know, put someone on the ground. Yeah. And, and besides that, from all footage that was shown um, and everybody I've talked to, he wasn't he wasn't resisting arrest. So there was no, absolutely no need to, to slam him onto the ground. There was no need to to, to do what that police officer did. Now, and this is just my take on it, as, as we've been discussing like this good and bad. I actually think that a lot of these... Uh, white police officers that that have been caught out, like um, the George Floyd case, um, like a case I think I remember in in New York last year, or the year before, where the the real big boy um, who was trying to sell cigarettes oh, oh. uh, black Eric he got
0: No, no, no. Yeah. Not was it Eric Garner? I, was-
1: I think so. No, I think Eric. so. Yeah. I think
0: not. Or oh, was Mike Brown? Damn, was it Eric? I think it was Eric Garner. I can't breathe.
1: Yeah, yeah. It it he couldn't he couldn't breathe because the police officer had him in a headlock and um and was choking him. Um, you know you're not they're not even supposed to like I, I don't know any police officers that are taught to do that. Again, army personnel, marines, all, all that type of jazz. Um, you know I've I've always known that as I said, if if someone's fighting and and resisting. <laughs> yes, you can put them on the ground, on their stomach, and if need be, you know, put the, your knee onto their back so they're not going to get up or they can't get up, you know what I mean, <laughs> which is fine. But this whole, yeah, uh, this whole neck thing, uh, uh, as I said, I think they're just, I'm starting to wonder if it's not that they're being taught that that they've just got a problem with, uh, you know, uh, being racist. They, they've they got a problem with, with other colours and they're just taking actions into their own hand um, because I have heard a lot of people come out about this saying, like, oh, "Well, our police officers aren't taught to do that," and you know, over in this country and this other country, saying, "Oh, we, we don't teach our our people to you know p- take a person down like that." So, yeah, I, I, and and the thing is, is this should be a long, long way. Like we should be well ahead of where we are in, when when it comes to this subject. Like, I mean. We, we could go far back as um, JFK um, you know teaming up with Martin Luther King a lot of people think that's the reason why JFK got shot a lot of people think if we want to go back further a lot of people think that Abraham Lincoln was shot dead because he freed the slaves you know and and that was exactly why what... they they're they were two white men but they had no problem with with, with color because all they see was hey like with JFK's case Martin Luther King's a good person. He's my friend. We all bleed the same. I've got nothing against him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna support him. And he was. And 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 unfortunately, then you know JFK got his brains splattered all over his car um, because I don't yes. think I, I think there was white supremacists back then that didn't like the fact that that particular president was trying to make a change and a change for the better. Um, and that that's what I'm saying. It, it, it's. Um, you hear stuff like this, and you just go, "Jesus puts us like four or five six steps backwards when we've made so much progress but yeah I'm, I'm glad that all the noise is continuing because it 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 does we as a whole world it it needs to be changed you know um you know black black lives everywhere in every country matter um and everyone should be treated equal it's just the same as you could put it in the same boat as Look at all the years that women um, put up with, Mm -hmm. you know, being treated they were. And then they had their big women's movement, and and they've come so much further, you know. That's what we need to do with this, um, because it's very, very important.
0: It's crazy, man. And
1: just yesterday, I believe
0: another unarmed black man was killed in Atlanta by police, by the Wendy's calling police to tell them about a man sleeping inside of the Wendy's when they could have just woke the man up and told him to leave. Um, so now that Wendy's is burning down currently, and I'm watching the videos on Twitter, and it's just so crazy. Let me throw something at you, bro. It's crazy how these times are. And, you know, I sit back, and I'm watching these old cartoons. So I'm watching X-Men, right? Yeah. And I'm watching a particular episode of when the sentinels was being made by a big sentinel named master mode or whatever. And the sentinel was talking about how he wanted to change the world and put in a new world order by taking all of the presidents around the globe and changing their brains for robot brains or whatever he wanted to do. But the thing I got from that was how Professor X reminded Stan Lee of Martin Luther King, and how Mal and how Malcolm X was Magneto, <laughs> and how the Sentinels was supposed to be police, and how the mutants was supposed to be black people, and how people depicted them as mut- mutants, and we hate all mutants. They're not like us humans, so. I'm just watching all of this stuff and I'm like, man, you know, it, it's, it, it's so crazy how dudes can watch cartoons like X-Men and still be racist. I don't, just, I don't, yeah. I don't understand. Or <laughs>
1: I, I, another, another good point. Another good point is, is people around the world. They watch Green Lantern cartoons. Now Green Lantern for so long was, was Jon Stewart, which was a black man. So, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you still see people being racist after that. It's like, Okay, we've depicted, and and I mean, I thought about this the other day. Another thing the other day, I mean, you know, you see what's going on in the world, right? And then, but then you go and look at wealthy blacks like your Morgan Freemans, your Denzel Washingtons, uh, your Chadwick Boseman. Now they don't get treated like the rest of them. Now that's that's what should actually be asked to these races. So what? You're going to treat a black person differently if they if they're rich? and they got money, like Oprah and all that, but if they haven't, if they haven't got that type of stature or that money, oh, no, nah, no, nah, we just treat them the way we keep treating them, you know. And I don't think that's right. I, you know, if, if you're going to accept them and treat them balanced and, you know, fairly, then you can do it for all blacks, not just uh, with, we're going to select who we treat well, you know what I mean? And, I mean, Christ's sakes, he's you, had a barmery. Uh, the first black president, you know, and he was trying to 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 make change in that. And I I knew instantly when he got put in. I think most people did. Yeah, he's going to have a hard time. He he's going to mm-hmm. have a yeah. We 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 we've, we've got a little bit of a win here because finally a black person's got to the to be the the leader, you know, and that was good in that sense. But he still had trouble every left, right, and centre. Um, you know, and. Who knows when there'll ever be another black president or or wherever else has got a prime minister or something, you know, Um, and and it sucks. It it really does. You know, I've always been of the belief and and I always will I I, I instill this uh, value into my children as well that. Uh, you should judge a person by how they are, how they act, what they do, what they say, not by their skin colour and you know, by a person's personality. That's how everyone should be judged. You know, if you're a good, if you're, you're a decent, genuine person, you're a good person, you treat your friends well, your family well, you know, you do well in, uh, and at work and everything like that. And you're just a nice person who cares what you look like. Who cares if if you're Asian, if you're black, if you're white, if you're pink, if you're purple? <laughs> it does. It shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter because at the end of the day, if we all go cut ourselves or you know stuff, we all bleed the same colour. We all bleed red, like you know. So it, it 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 it's it's to that point now that I'm just like wow. I mean, it, the world needs to step the hell up and and just realise like. If you're a good, decent person, then you deserve to be treated like a, a, a good, decent person. If you're a bad person, well, we all know, you know, you get locked up and all that jazz. Colour and, and race, it just shouldn't, it shouldn't even exist anymore, you know. We should all just look yeah. at each other as people. We're all human beings. Um, you've got good human beings and, you, and you've got bad human beings, you know. The bad human beings do the wrong thing. They get put in jail or, or whatnot and the good human beings live good life and that's just how it should be. Um, And and hopefully one day we can get to that point where um, nobody sees color. Everybody just sees human beings. People. Not color. People. It's it's crazy, right?
0: It's Mm. just, you you brought up companies. This is a good segue to the next segment. Because this shit that we about to talk about, this shit really irked my nerves. And if you got kids listening to this podcast, this certain one, I'm sorry. But There's going to be some cursing dude, for these next couple of minutes. (laughs) I'm sick of this fucking notion about James Dolan. It's really fucking tiring. It's aggravating. I'm tired of people depicting my NBA owner as a racist. We're going to separate being a racist and being a bad owner. I want people to separate those two. James Dolan, yes. He has been a terrible owner. For the past 20 years he has been god awful but why has he been god awful put it in context he trusts people he always trusts the wrong people he puts people in position of power and he just trusts the wrong people who has been the nba owner hiring minorities who is the nba owner that has the first mexican american on his coaching staff i believe that's james dolan I believe that's James Dolan who had an all-black front office. I don't want to hear about James Dolan being a racist. Now, when I say this to you, I'm talking about the statement that the New York Knicks put out, right? And a lot of people yeah. were mad at the New York Knicks, rightfully so. You you have, you have every right to be pissed off with James Dolan, not speaking on the topic as fast as he did. And then when he did speak on the topic. He sent out an email saying that well, our company we're not the ones who should be speaking about things like this of that nature. I, f- I forgot what the email really said, but it was something of that nature. And he sent out an email to his employees. But I mean, I've never seen the Knicks put out a statement in the past when another black man has gotten killed or shot by the police. I've never seen them put out a statement in the past. I never seen James Dolan put out no. statements for situations that happens around the country so yeah. on my be on my behalf I didn't expect for the knicks to put out a statement i'm gonna be very honest with you yeah so I, I I don't know if i'm I'm being a homer i don't know if i am
1: no no gold. well
0: no Go ahead.
1: i i agree with you um I agree with you um look i I think this is the way I take it with, with Dolan and, and the statement, uh, the timing of the statement. I think he was hesitant. Now, f- first off, before I get in, into what I'm about to say, I'm going to straight out say for those saying that James Dolan's a racist, go and look, like like Slizzy said, go look at his staff. If he was a racist, they'd, 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 he wouldn't have hired Alan Houston. He wouldn't have hired... Anybody that's been there, you know, he's got no issue. I'm actually pretty sure too, and I know this is outside the Knicks. He's actually played music with black men, like jazz and all that. I've seen videos. Quick
0: point, real quick. He definitely made a song about Trayvon Martin as well. But continue.
1: Um, so I don't think he's got any any problem with with color uh, at all. Um, what I think. Happened was is he, he, he? I reckon he stuttered a little bit, and he wasn't sure uh, should they make a statement, and if they make a statement about it, you know, the wording and everything, you know because because of the times. But this is just my personal opinion. I, I think he was he was hesitant and like, do do we make a statement, and and how do we word this? Um, you know, uh, is is it the right timing, and that's why I reckon it it's been taken wrong and the timing was just a bit awkward. And the statement itself was a little bit awkward because I mean, he could have been fighting back and forth. Like, do we get involved in the uh, Like this is already bigger than the bigger than this organization. as it like, do, do, do we need to say something? Um, you know? So I, I think there was a lot of that going on and it's uh-huh. just, it, it, it should have just come out a bit fumbled. I guess you could say, um, yeah, the statement could have been better obviously, but, um, it, again, they might have been better off just, just not making a start. I mean, like, uh, I think someone in the I was reading somewhere, uh, one of the Knicks execs were trying to tell him, like, it was, it, it's sort of not our place in reality. It's not our place to sort of to make a statement like this. This isn't got anything to do with basketball. It's got nothing to, you know, it's bigger than basketball. Um, you know, and maybe he thought that, uh, you know, individual players like your know, LeBrons, uh, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, Kawhi, you know, names like that um, might be better. It might be better served for them to make statements and say something, um, be, you know, being the big superstars of the game, uh, which, which it could. And I know LeBron's been talking about and And as you mentioned, Kyrie, um, quite, a, quite a few people have come out. Um, so that, that's all I think it was from Nick's PR. Yeah, it, it wasn't the best. But hey, like it's the thought, It's the the way I've looked at it and gone, hey, it's the thought that counts. The, the the fact that he in the end's gone, no, okay, we'll 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 make a statement just to touch on it, you know, because we we've got blacks in our front office, we got a lot of black fans. Um, I think what eighty percent of the bloody league, NBA league, is black. <laughs> so, um, you know, so yeah. As I said, it was awkward. It was a bit, eh, but. You know, I wouldn't just turn around and go, oh, just because of the way it was presented and put out there, oh, yeah, he's got to be right. No, it's, you know, he's probably sitting there thinking, well, I'm a white man myself. I already cop enough hate <laughs> for the <laughs> way I run the Knicks. Like, I don't want to go saying anything else that's going to put my foot in it type thing, and, and we know he's put his foot in it before. So that that's why I'm saying it. It could have just been that, like, how do we word it? Do we do it? You know, I, I think there was a lot of second guessing, and that's why it just came out fuddled like it did.
0: Yeah, I, I me, I'm not mad at the Knicks. I'm a little disappointed nah. that they put out a statement so late. So I'm disappointed with that. But Leon Rose is making quiet hires. He's hiring the right guys, I believe. He's hiring. And mm-hmm. this is what I said about Leon Rose. When we first hired this guy, and we did the podcast. I said, Leon Rose is doing his job in my eyes. If he's hiring people... I don't know who the hell they are. If you're hiring people and I don't know that who the hell they is, and I gotta look them up, you, that's a great hire. So, yeah, you get yeah. The Walt Perrins and, and, and another another African American guy. These these fucking fans sometimes, man. But you get Walt Perrin, and you get these developmental guys. You get these these great scouts. Everybody's applauding. All of Leon Rose hires, but the main thing Leon Rose must do, and this is going right into the next summer, he has to get me a coach, bro. I need a coach. I, I don't want a co. I don't want a newbie coach. I need a coach. I need a good coach. I'm hearing things about Kenny Atkinson now. Some of the fans, some of the um people in the Knicks management office, they are fans of Kenny Atkinson. You got fans of Tom Thibodeau. For me, I would take Tom Thibodeau because he has the best track record out of out of every single culture prospect, Tom Thibodeau has the best track record besides Mark Jackson. But if, if who's the guy that I want nurturing these kids? And that's Thibodeau. Now if you want offense then you say okay I want Kenny Atkinson but if I want if if I want to be sure and confident enough to say my Knicks can make the playoffs next season then I think my confidence has raised about 50% if we hire Tibbs as the coach now my only beef please Tom Thibodeau play the young guys but I need you not to make no dumbass trades. He made a dumbass trade when he was on Timberwolves. That trade for Jimmy Butler. He should have never made that trade because if he didn't make that trade, you would have had Wiggins, Larry Markkinen, Zach Levine. And you could have still kept um, Ricky Rubio. So that's my only beef. Please don't make no dumbass trades. But who, who who you like, and who you think should be the coach of these New York Knicks?
1: Yeah, I've, I've got a, I mean, I've got a couple in mind. Um, I know <laughs> I've read something the other day If a certain college coach decided to put his hand up; the other names would just disappeared, and they'd hire him. And that's John Calipari. I know they've tried <laughs> to get him several times. Um, hell, I will tell you what, he gets hired. You watch Knox. Wow, man, if if he was to end up being the coach, Knox then would come good. Everybody would see what John Calipari's been going on about. Um, but, yeah, no, I think it's a pipe dream. We all think it's a pipe dream. I don't think he wants to leave Kentucky. Um, so, yeah, I, look... I, Tibbs, as you said, um, he's the most experienced one out there, obviously, um, with the amount of times. I'm not even going to include his Timberwolves tenure, just the amount of times he he uh, consecutively he had the Bulls in the playoffs. Uh, that's where I think he had his best coaching tenure. The only, the only knock I, I have against Tibbs is, and, and I'm kind of hoping by now he's learnt from this mistake, you don't go doing to young guys what you did to Derek Rose you just you don't drive them into the ground and I'm kind of hoping yeah. he's learnt that now um, you know play them play their minutes but just don't drive them into the ground you know like um, <laughs> so hopefully he's learnt from mistakes there uh, and, and he, he's good with both sides Kenny Atkinson, I like um, purely for one reason. He's very, very good with with young kids and developing young kids. Uh, we've seen what he was doing in Brooklyn with the young ones over there. Uh, he's got Carice Levert to the level he's at. He, he, he found Delo's game, and Delo came into his own. And then every team wanted Delo because of what he was doing in Brooklyn. Um, you know, so he, he's a good coach. The only thing with Kenny is. He's a good coach with young guys. But once those young guys become superstars, I don't, you know, I don't know if he's the coach then, you know what I mean? Then then you kind of need someone like a Thibodeau or something like that. But I will say as a development coach, Kenny Atkinson's got some qualities. Um, I think the only reason that he got the boot in, in the nets is I, I actually think that was a Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving decision. <laughs> yeah, they it was. Cl- click with him. They didn't click with him. Personally, look, I've heard stories that Kyrie wants Tyron Lou. I think Kenny Atkinson's a miles ahead better coach than bloody Tyron Lou. Tyron Lou's only got a name for himself because of LeBron James winning a championship and he wrote the coattail. So, uh, you know, I, I think Kenny Atkinson was unjustified over there, let go, but I, I had a feeling it was going to happen once they got the superstars over there. Um, so, yeah, he'd be a good hire. I also heard he's in line – well, he's in talks and in line for the Bulls job as well. So, mm. um, again, that, that again, another team that's young that could do with someone like Kenny Atkinson to to bring all those young kids on. Um, geez, he, he can't be any worse than bloody boiling. I can tell you that. So, <laughs> uh, for, yeah, um, Thibodeau – I'm happy with either Thibodeau or, or Kenny. Um yeah, I think the Mark Jackson train—it's just going to stop. He's been—he's another one like JVG. I'm just being realistic. Both of those two have been out of the game for so long. I both think they're both comfortable doing what they're doing because there's just no pressure on them, you know. They can say whatever they want and you know speak about the game of basketball on commentary and that. So I really think both those two guys uh, aren't really as interested as others in, in getting back into coaching. I mean, I could be wrong on that, but they just seem comfortable where they are. Um, another name that's being thrown around, but again, he hasn't had a track record, but he's going to get a chance somewhere, I would imagine, because he's been going for head coaching jobs that I know of at least the last two seasons, um, is Chauncey Billups. Um, but what I think with him, this, is, this has been my... If we hire Tibbs, Chauncey... Could come in and be his like an assistant for him. I, I think he still needs to. That's dope. Learn off head coach.
0: I, I would. You know what I mean? I, I think JVG. I definitely agree with you on that. And I think JVG. He. I think he put his hat in the ring because he definitely said it on a recent podcast. He's had job offers, but it wasn't the right offer. So mm. and he said he was open to being an assistant coach again. So yeah. I would love to have a Tibbs as the coach and JBG as one of his assistants, and get Chauncey Billups yeah. in there. Just, just give me an, an elite staff. That's what we. Yeah.
1: This, this Knicks team is so young. If you could just get the the staff. Another. Together. Go ahead. An, a, another name, and I know he's been in coaching. Oh, gee, he's another one that he's been an assistant coach for quite some time, and I know. He's very respected around the league. I know players love him. And that's um, Jerry Stackhouse. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, They said that he coached hard.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he'd be another one to look at, whether it be as the head coach or, you know, Tibbs is hard and you you stick Stackhouse as his number one assistant um, because, you know, he's been a number one assistant everywhere else. So, you know, there's a few names uh, getting around. Um, what's another name I've heard been thrown around for both the Knicks and, and the Bulls job uh, one from the pop tree that uh, hopefully I say his name right Amy Udoko um, again I wouldn't want to see him as a, as a head coach just yet I, I wouldn't mind seeing him though being assistant to Tibbs or something you know he he's uh was assistant for pop for so long and i think what the last 12 months he switched over to the 76s he's been an assistant to brett brown um but he yeah he's another name i'd like to see at least you know get a look in for even an assistant job um you know you can never have you can never have too many good minds that's a- <laughs> so no. that it, it that can work out you know so there, there's some names there um but, yeah, as I said, the one with the most experience, obviously, is Tibbs. Um, so, and I think if, if, if I'm going to go out on a limb, I'd, I'd say he's probably right at the top of the list because uh, I know Leon Rose uh, gets along with him or is quite friendly with him. Uh, so I wouldn't be at all surprised if, even after all the names we've just talked about, if Tibbs ends up getting the position, um, just purely... Uh, based on his experience. But as I said, I'd like to see one or two of the other names at least get added to his coaching staff, um, you know, like a Chauncey Billups or a JVG and, or a uh, Stackhouse. So, yeah, um, no.
0: Bring back Mike Woodson.
1: <laughs> he could
0: <can, laughs> be an assistant coach as well. I like. I, I want him back on the bench as well. Um. Yeah. Now, the NBA lottery is moved back. The NBA draft has moved back. I'm just watching countless scout videos, draft videos. Man, Killian Hayes, six-six point guard. He's growing on me. I'm watching videos of the kid. The I'm just hoping that somehow the NBA can just bless us with a top three pick. You know, I think this is one of those years where. We really need a top three pick. Now, as far as recent news, what I've read as well, going into the next subject, the Knicks are looking for a a, a shot making big man. <laughs> Shots at Julius Randle, that's funny, and Bobby Porter's, But the Knicks are looking for a big man who can shoot. A couple of power forward names out there. I'm gonna name this list, and out of this list, who would you want starting that that power forward spot? I got Bertans, Carmelo Anthony, Laurie Marketing, Christian Wood, Kevin Knox, and Gallinari. Ooh, that's a good list. (laughs) That's a very good list
1: that's 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 the names off the top I've got two that stand out for me yeah I've got two that stand out there I'd I'd, uh Mello and Gallinari um they've been playing before the season stopped they, they were pretty consistent with their shot and they were playing some very good basketball um uh, I'm not saying, even from a Homer's perspective, I'm not saying You know, let's bring him back, and he should be retiring next year. Like uh, that man, for as long as he was without a team and out of the game, came back, and uh, you know, after a couple games, he really didn't look like he missed a beat. Um, yep. And 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 he got himself probably in the best shape of his of his career that I'd seen him in for a while. So I wouldn't mind him. Coming back, um, you know, he understands now where he's at in his career, so he knows even if he was to come back, he wasn't gonna be—he was not going to be the man um, anymore. But he's beneficial. Um, another uh, Gallinari that again, um, and I've been glad to see Gallo have actually a good run, a very good run without having his back play up on him. Um, so yeah, those, those two names. I would have also said. Laurie Markkinen as well, but, yeah, I kind of got turned off of him because it was like he, he was having trouble and he lost his shot. He wasn't being as consistent as the other two guys. And um, the other two guys can also bring with them their, their, their leadership qualities as well because Gallo and Mello both, both been in the, in the, in the league uh, for so long and been around all different types of people, um, you know, so that experience would also be beneficial too. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd go with one of them. I, 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 I'd probably put a dark horse if I was going to say a dark horse in third spot. Davis batons. Um I mean, he's he's got age on his side. Um, mm-hmm. The man, when when he is on song from behind the arc. Oh, damn! I, I, oh, I watched a game. I watched a I watched a game where he was playing for Washington, and I'm I'm about ninety nine percent sure I didn't actually see him miss a bloody shot. Like he <laughs> he swish. Swish, swish, like, yeah. So I'd put him just behind the other guys, obviously, because he's younger, so he doesn't have as much experience. But, hey, if you missed out on either Gallo or or Mallow, I'd be looking at Batans for sure. Um, He'd fit the roster age-wise. Yeah, he can stretch the floor. Um, Personally, I've got to say, Washington is just bloody silly if they do let him go. Um, I'd be paying that man, keeping him there. Uh, yeah, Doesn't matter who's. To do. um, but yeah, yeah, those, those three names for me. Uh, I, either any, any of them. Um, obviously, with Mallow and Gallo, you you probably would only want to sign to short deals because of their ages. So you know, two year deals maybe. Um, whereas with Batan, you, you could possibly give him three or four because of his age. Um, but yeah. Either one of those three, I'd be happy with, Uh, if that's what they're looking for—a shooting big man. um, You couldn't go wrong with either uh, any of those three.
0: I I forgot one more name too, Jeremy Grant. Jesus Christ, how did I forget this man?
1: Um, (laughs) Yeah, and he's a favorite of mine. I I love Jeremy Grant, and uh, I I think uh, since he came into the league, every single year I've just seen that uh, kid—you know—get better leaps and bounds. Yes, Um, but. In saying that, I get this feeling if Denver's Denver's made to make a choice between him and Millsap, I think Millsap will be the one they let go. I think they'd be stupid to to keep him and not Jeremy Grant because Jeremy Grant, what, he's only 26 or 27, um, whereas Millsap's, you know, he's, he's at that tail end of his career. So I, the, only, the only reason I didn't put him in there, I think the Nuggets would probably keep him, but... Stranger things happen if they're silly enough to let him go. Well, you know, you can come, you can come, come to New York, buddy. Come to New York, you'll be right.
0: <laughs> it, you know, it's crazy when you're looking
1: at these free agent prospects. It's like, okay,
0: you want a guy who's going to make your young guys better because you want your young <laughs> guys to see. You want to, you want to basically see if RJ Barrett, if he can really become a superstar, or is he another role player? So, are you going to go get a guy like Christian Wood, who, although he was 1-11 in those games that he started in, that he was shooting damn good. He was playing damn good this year. I give him that. But do I want to get him knowing that he's going to take touches away from a guy like Mitchell Robinson or a guy like R.J. Barrett, guys who I want to put more pressure on to become better? Or do I want a guy like Jeremy Grant, or a guy like Gallo, or a guy like Mello, like a guy who's he's not going to take too many touches away from the young guys.
1: No, but I no. know he's going mean,
0: fit in and not try to fit out.
1: Yeah, exactly, and and that's why I like like those those three names, well, sorry, four names, Jeremy Grant, because you know they're they're unselfish, um, and and as I said, even now with Melo – he he knows he's no longer the man anymore, um, and and I and I think he was very humbled. Um, and he, he's he's sort of turned into a completely different person since teaming up with uh, Damian Lillard, which I, I had a feeling uh, Dame Dollar's personality and qualities would kind of rub off on him, and he's uh, viewing things differently, and that and uh, I think that was good for Mello. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see him back in a Knicks jersey. He deserves to be. He's the one big superstar for so many years that actually wanted to come to New York, put the New York on his shoulders and try uh, and, and bring a championship to New York. Um, he just couldn't do it on his own. Uh, that was, he just couldn't do it on his own. Um, but now, uh, yeah, he, he's playing, as I said, before the season stopped. He looked great. He looked like in the best shape of his career. He was playing the best basketball I'd seen him play in quite some time. Well, I was even seeing defence from him, uh, you know, like Damian Lillard and, that, and the Portland boys lit a fire on his eye and he wanted to prove, you know, I, I can still do this and uh, I'm not as lacklustre on D as a lot of people yeah. <laughs> thought I was, you know. I knew he wasn't. Uh, it's just that he'd only put effort in, in certain, no, like, Come the Olympic time. Oh damn, Melo could have been considered a two-way player the way he played. So, no, um, they just
0: they just built the team around him wrong. mellow's the type of guy yeah. like, like like if for example, the 2001 76ers, right? They put a yep. bunch of defenders around Iverson and said, "Iverson, do your thing." <laughs> what you should've yeah. did with Melo was put a bunch of defenders around him some 3 three and D guys and give them a point guard and say, Melo, do your thing. That's what you yeah. have to do. So they just built the team around him wrong. Now, in the current situation that we're in right now, we have a chance to build around RJ Barrett the correct way. Now, will RJ Barrett be the best player on this roster? It remains to be seen because I have a feeling Kevin Knox can't be the best player on this roster. If you're talking about an NBA league where Wings usually is the best player on a championship roster, and it's not bigs. So, yeah, and Knox is taller than Barrett, longer than Barrett. I mean. Well, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm going to throw another name in there. I actually think <laughs> if only he can bring it into the game. The most talented person on the Knicks right now is Mitchell Robinson. The videos I've been, what, I was like, "Damn, man, what? Where's all this? Mr. The dribbling between man. the legs." Oh man, he was he was getting me hyped. I was like, "You shooting from that far behind the arc, and you're doing all these fancy ass. Where, why why haven't you been bringing this into the game? Where's this?" But he had footwork like a shooting guard. Like I was like, "What the hell?"
0: Yo, uh, and it makes me so mad that I got to watch this man do dribble handoffs. Like, don't get me wrong. The 74% 74 field goal percentage, that's amazing. That's an amazing record. It's empty, Conda because it was in a 21-win season, and he only did dunks and lobs. And for me, I know Mitchell Robinson is probably the most talented player on the roster, but he has to show me a jump shot. He has to. It is no way in hell we're going to go into the playoffs and he's going to be playing in the fourth quarter in a game five. It's no way because he cannot shoot. This is why the evolution of the big man has evolved. Prime example, Marcus Gasol, last year in the playoffs. Kawhi had space to get in the paint. Why? Because Marcus Gasol is standing at the three-point line. Now your big got to come out here. So it, it, Mitch has to develop his offensive arsenal. You got to give me a jump hook. You got to give me a mid range pick and pop. There's no reason why you're not shooting threes and these guys are sagging off you 10 feet. They're not near oh, yeah. 10 feet. So it, 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 that's what pisses me off with Mitchell Robinson. People say he got better this season. He, all I see is he got older, a little less fouling. He's the same player
1: from his rookie year. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Go ahead. these these videos he's been. Yeah, they, that that's probably what's annoying me is he puts out these videos and you see you see him playing. I don't know. He was doing dribbles like Kyrie Irving, man. And I was like, where's the handles? like that? I was like, what the hell is it? And then he he was doing little jump shot, and then he was doing his three point. And I'm like, so why isn't he bringing this out in the game? If he brought this out in the game, it could shoot straight to the top as the best big man in the whole league because no one's going to outdo him just on skill. Like, he was oh. blowing me away in the like, "Where? why are you only doing the basic stuff when it comes to game time, though? Like, where? where's all this stuff?
0: He would be unstoppable, man. Th- that's why the Knicks, oh. they have to pay him early. We got to pay him early. And when I say pay him early, <laughs> pay him next summer. Don't let that man decline his fourth-year option so he can become a restricted free agent and pay him next summer. Pay him $18 yeah. million, the maximum amount, whatever he's going to get. I just need him to show me a three-point shot. If he can show me a three-point shot, Mitch should be one of the best bigs in the league because he's already oh, – defensively, yeah. he's already almost there. He doesn't hunt the yeah. box like how Hassan Whiteside do. Defensively, he's already there. I just need his offensive of game to come around. Same with Kevin Knox. Knox, I need your offensive game to come around. I seen flashes of you rookie year. You was looking great. I seen you put 31 on Giannis when you was matched up. I seen when you put 27 on a couple teams. I've seen when you drop 20-plus games. This year, understandable, the team told you, focus on your defense, focus on your passing. You improved in other areas in your game when you was coached under Mike Miller. I don't know what the fuck he was doing when he was coaching under David Fisdale. Fisdale played him as shooting guard, had him switching every – oh, my goodness. But anyways, Kevin Knox, he got to get stronger and he needs some goddamn moves. This is why I'm pro Carmelo Anthony bring this man into this locker room. You have to help these kids. I don't know what the hell he's learned from Marcus Morris. (laughs) People <laughs> say, "Yeah, hey, yeah. Hey, Marcus was a good. Lead. I don't know what, if anything, Frank Nalakina was under Marcus Morris <laughs> wing. Hey, damn so it wasn't Kevin Knox. So you got to give yeah. that guy for Kevin Knox. And,
1: and and obviously we just need RJ's RJ's shooting to come around a bit as well. Um So it, so he has a bit more game instead of just going straight to the rim um a lot. So." Hopefully that'll come around and, and he works works on that and shoots from behind the arc and shoots mid rangers Just even if he's doing a thousand to two thousand a day of them, you know, practice makes perfect. But um, yeah, I think he will think that'll come around too. I, I think he he he's one of these people that he knows what his weaknesses have been and he, he'll work on his weaknesses. Um, you know, very hard. He's got a very good work ethic, so. Um, yeah, once that shot starts coming around for RJ, oh, damn, he really is going to be unstoppable because he's unstoppable every time he goes to the rim. And if he if he can command respect from the opposition, they know, oh, okay, he can shoot from mid range and he can shoot from behind the arc occasionally too. Well, that just makes him more dangerous again. Um, so I'd, I'd like to see that little improvement from RJ. But um, other than that, yeah, he, he, his defence is pretty sound and... Um, his passing skills, where well, we know where they're at. Um, so yeah, no, Now they now they need. Uh, we just need that point guard, eh? We just need that point guard yes, to man. to come in, direct. And there's a few in the draft. I, I, I'm not even. I, I've got to a point now where I've got about four point guards. I thought to myself, if we can at least get any one of these four, we'll be fine. It doesn't necessarily need to be lamello ball it could be edwards it could be killian um it could be trey jones as long as it's a decent point guard i don't even need the point guard to go and get me 20 30 points uh, i need him facilitating need him setting up the offense getting his men open and obviously just staying in front of his men on d um so yeah I, I'm, I'm happy with a few names in the draft for point guard Um uh, as long as we can get a high pick to be able to get them or be in the range to get them, yeah, I, yeah,
0: I got a couple. Hey, Killing. I take Killian Hayes, the one arm bandit. I take Lamelo Ball, <laughs> and he's twenty five percent from three. I, <laughs> I take a, a, it's a, oh man, nah, those are the only two point guards out in the first round. I take care of Lewis as well. Um. I like Trey Jones, but as a as a if we pick a guy like Anthony Edwards, then i take Trey, I'll try to take Trey Jones with that Clippers pick. Or i try to trade up and go get Kara Lewis. I would try to, you know, yeah. package some second round picks and yeah. go get Kara Lewis. Because this draft, this is gonna be a funny draft. This is gonna be a draft where the best player in this draft is not gonna be the number one pick. <laughs> mm.
1: I think well that that that's true, and
0: it's not like the twenty twenty that that twenty twenty one draft is stacked. It is damn sure ain't like twenty twenty one, or damn sure ain't like twenty twenty two with Imani dates. But I know it's gonna be a lot of role players in this draft. I think this draft is gonna be great on role players. It's probably gonna be around one or two all stars, but a lot of role players. So it it, it remains to be seen because. We got three picks in this draft. We already didn't get a chance. We was already robbed from seeing Iggy come up with the big club last season. We was robbed of that. So we didn't get a chance to see Iggy play a lot of good NBA minutes.
1: Nah, and he was, he was owning the G League from oh, all counts. So there's a few games I
0: watched. <laughs> so when you got a guy like Iggy, you got another guy like Lamar Peters in the back pocket. You got a guy like Kenny Wooten. We got three draft picks this year. That's a lot of talent to go around. So the Knicks got to show me. If you bring in guys like War Parent, please, my God, please. Can the rotation just – can six of my young guys be in the current rotation? That's all I ask for. The other four – is a toss-up. You're tossing like two, three veterans in there and you get probably a free agent, you're good to go. I don't need to see guys on one-on-one con- one-plus-one contracts. I hate them shits. I hate one-plus-ones. It bleeds selfishness. It bleeds. I'm going to look out for myself and I'm going to look for my own shot, a.k.a. Bobby Portis. I don't want to pass the ball like ever to Kevin Knox. And <laughs> you know, and sometimes it gets you good things, like Wayne Ellington. People, I people like myself hated Wayne Ellington this season because he was stealing money, he was stealing minutes from Lonzo Trier, just fevering. Oh my goodness, stealing! But come to find out, Wayne Ellington—that's R.J. Barrett's vet. That's also Frank Nilakina's vet. That's also Kevin Knox's vet, and he also has shooting drills with the young guys. So. Those type of one-plus-one deals, I could take. I could take Taj Gibson because I know he's going to mentor Mitch. The bottom yeah. one quarter's one-plus-one deals, when a guy is 23 years old and he's coming into the league, he's trying to make a name for himself in the league as well, it's not going to work. He's not going to buy into yeah. the team concept. So I don't yeah. really want to see that, like, anymore. I, I really don't. It's, oh, man. Um. I guess we got into everything. I guess that was everything so far. Um just last thing, do you think NBA is gonna return?
1: Well, I've been listening to the news, uh keeping an eye on everything, keeping an eye on what Silver's saying. Uh, I know they're whether they're looking at Disney Disney World or Disneyland to be playing the games at or something like that. Uh, they they want to play. What is it? Uh, I was reading like eight or so regular games. So the couple of teams that are just out of the eight, they you know they can compete there, and then they're going to go. It's yeah, very confusing the way they want to do it. But and then they want to extend like next season's uh, finals or something like that as well. Um, yeah, it, it's I'm fifty fifty at the moment. Like. They're talking as if it, if it, if it that it is going to come back, but you know anything can sort of come up or, or derail their their current plans. Uh, I'll be apart, You see what's going on with the MLB, mate? They're going back and forth over just how many games they want. The players are saying, "Nah, we don't want to play this. not, nah, we want more." You know, I, I really don't think the baseballs are going to even go this year. That, that's for damn sure when it comes to that. Um, so. I've got a little hope with the NBA, but look, if they don't if they don't start in the next four to five weeks, uh, they they've got to call it, I reckon, uh, because otherwise otherwise it's just going to run into next season.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I honestly I I don't think NBA is returning. I I lost hope after everything that's going on right now, and after what Kyrie Irving said today. And after what Steven Jackson posted today, I really don't think the NBA is coming back. But in times like this, even though it will be a distraction, that is the correct thing to say, people kind of need something to watch. We kind of need something to, to, you know, take our mind away from everyday life. And NBA is one of those things. So, you know, it's a battle about morals. It's a battle about capitalism. <laughs> it's a battle about money, and yeah. power. You know, it's so it's tough, man. It's tough, man. Um, it's, where- it
1: is. I, I, I'm. Go ahead. I'm with you too. I, I'd love. I'd love to see it come back. Um, you know, in in some sort of format. Just just to sort of finish the season. I mean, I think I think the smarter option would have probably been to go right where. where let's look around where where it's available to play at the moment. And I probably would have thought that they may have just gone, look, when we come back, because of the timing, we're going to just have to go straight into playoffs. So the, the, these teams in the West and these, these lot of teams in the East, they've got the best winning you know, margin and all that right. We're going to just start the playoff. Because otherwise, as I said, the further it goes, you know, what the NBA seasons always usually start, what, around October-ish, something like that. It's getting closer and closer to that, to the newer season. So... That that's why I, I'm sort of half and half at the moment. You know they, they've they've got a car to kind of make sure this is right because you don't want to have that short period where they do have a short period off. They come back for the new season and then we see more injuries than we've ever seen before because you know the the just all the timing and and time off and and you know it's just all going to get muddled and uh, be too close together. Like you know I've even seen what what they're trying to do and what they're discussing now. And I think in between this season ending and the next season starting, they get like, I think they've allocated like a month off. And I was like, Jesus, so they have a month break and then they're straight back bloody into it where they're used to having a couple of months off and then coming back to, to you know, so they've got enough time to recoup their bodies and all that. So I don't I don't know how, how it's going to work. I, I, I don't know, but I, I just hope they make sure That they they have the timing all down pat to the point that when next season rolls around, we're not going to see the superstars dropping like flies because uh, they've had no time off, no time in between. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. that that could because that that that. That, then that that could derail the following season, you know, if you've got, say, oh, I know, a couple of games in, Giannis drops, LeBron drops, they're both out for six months, Kevin comes back, he breaks his leg again, he's out, <laughs> he's oh, out, Fuck it, everybody's dropping like, you know, and then you're going to have a league with no superstars because they're all sitting on the side, you know, so, yeah, it, it's it's tough. And and I know that a lot of the players want to get back. I know LeBron, man. I've been watching his. He's been itching to get back. That man. Uh, I think he. Just, but we all know he lives, breathes, bleeds basketball. So, um, you know, I've seen that his his beard beard's been getting wild. It's the wildest I've ever seen. It. <laughs> What was he put up a video a couple weeks ago where he said, "Oh, yeah, this is uh, untouched in several weeks. I haven't been able to shave or something." I was like, "Wow, <laughs> that's better than James Harden's beard." <laughs> but yeah, I, I, again, I'd I'd like it to come back, but it's got to be feasible and, and it's got to be done right, and you have got to make sure that the the timing is all good for everything, including allowing the players to have that little break in between the seasons. You don't want them exactly. You know, uh, playing a season, it ends. You have a couple – go home for a couple weeks, come back, start the next season because I'll just have this fear. That's where injuries and big injuries, at that are going to come into it. You know what I mean? So they have to be smart about it. Yeah, for sure. You definitely got to be smart about it. Um, all right. I guess
0: we got into everything. So any, any final words for the people, Mr. Mitchell, before we get out of here.
1: Yeah, um, obviously, with everything going on around the world, keep the Black Lives Matter protests going, keep the noise going on, on that front. Um, we need to change uh, right around the world uh, for every black nationality out there. I, I'd love for all Nick's fans uh, that we're talking to right now to sort of take my view and, and um, you know, treat, treat others for who they are, not, not the colour of their skin, the person that they are. They treat you well, you treat them the same way back. Um, we look at everybody like human beings because that's what we are. Um, there shouldn't be any colour, shouldn't be any race. Let's let's get rid of that. Um, as, as for basketball and, and for our Knicks, um, you know, things are starting to look good and falling into place when it pertains to at least, you know, the things got to start at the top when it comes to the front office. Uh, now let's all hope we get the right coach in place. That, that's the big thing um, now. And following that, of course, um, yeah, we, we might as well look ahead to to our draft because um, cause our season's over, regardless <laughs> if it uh, if it comes back or not. So we we've got to concentrate on the things that matter for our organisation. And uh, yeah, I, I, other than that, I just wish everybody to stay safe and stay well and keep your chins up and um, yeah, keep keep the good fight fighting. Yeah, man.
0: I definitely agree with that. Everybody, Nick Nation, we love y'all for tuning in. Always um, love the protests. Keep them up around the globe. Uh, young people, older people, all colors, appreciate it. And, you know, appreciate the support, man. Hopefully the Knicks, God bless us. The NBA God, Lottery God bless us. Keep saying this. We need a top three pick this year. Is the one single year we really need it bad. And um, keep it going, man. Black Lives Matter, State of New York Next Podcast. We out of here. Peace.